Thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. If our message has encouraged you, would you help us spread the word? There are three simple ways you can help. One, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you'll always be the first to know when we've released a fresh episode. Two, rate the Provoke and Inspire podcast on iTunes. And three, share the episodes that speak the most to you on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever your voice is heard. We're honored to have you as part of our global community. I grew up in a broken home and was raised on violent movies and pornography. I spent hours online and looked at pop stars and celebrities to guide me. I want something to believe in, but I reject any absolute truth. I want real relationships, but devote hours living in a reality. I fight for equality, yet believe in a worldview that reduces me to nothing. I am continually lied to, which leaves me empty and spiritually vacant. You have the truth. truth. So why are you silent? Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. I am very excited to continue our series why am I silent? Uh, it's basically this whole series dedicated to the idea of why is it that Christian artists struggle so much to to share the gospel? I mean, put very simply, that is the point of this podcast. Uh, we started it uh, last week, uh, and we, we kind of went over the idea of that a lot of artists aren't sharing the gospel because they don't believe it. Uh, and this can sound like a very intense statement, um, but really what the heart of it was is that that, that at the core of the gospel, obviously, is the idea that that Jesus is the only way. You know, like it says in John fourteen six, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, and it's one of those things that we can hear that our whole lives. We can grow up in the church. It can be part of our culture, but it never is something that we believe to the point of being willing to act on. And so we looked at that. We talked about that. You can go to uh, to that the first podcast in the series to hear more on that. Uh, but before I kind of introduce the next topic, how's everybody doing? Good. I mean, I'm really doing good. I'm good too. <laughs> I mean, the fact that David's doing good makes makes the rest of no, us but, doing great. But I'm not doing that good. So, but the thing is, there's if there's a bird later, I apologize. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, yeah. this bird that comes around. Yeah, during the so podcast, difficult living in New and Zealand. And I told him. That's in New Zealand. There's a lot of bird action, and I've done my best to get rid of the birds in my neighborhood. To I tried to kill them all, but there's still one that keeps coming back. So <laughs> I think for the for the band who's listening to this, that's thinking up a band name right now, Bird Action is probably available ah, and a great. Or if one. you're more it, in the hardcore genre, it could be I tried to kill them yeah, all. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. Kill Although them. I don't know if kill the birds. full sentence band names are in anymore. Yeah. They're not. Kind of dated. Oh, it's like you have no. to just like. You just have to call yourself birds. You know, that would be a good podcast topic, Ben. If we could do a podcast just on suggestions of band names, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Look, like you Hailed saw the you Chimp saw, is a band I've wanted to start for a Luke while. Luke sounds a lot more British today. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I've been cool. practicing. Yeah, he's doing this podcast from Notre Dame in Paris. I've been practicing my <laughs> as he watched Sherlock my last accent. Night. That's right. I've been practicing my Notre accent Dame. What does that have to do with being British? <laughs> I don't know, but he's, not, he's in a very like uh, reverberant space. Yes, it's a special oh, okay, effect yeah, sure. on my voice so that you can just, yeah, you just feel it more that way. 
Yeah, it's almost like you're speaking from the yes. grave. <laughs> wow. it, it brings an extra, an extra sort of power to the voice. Wait, a uh, weight, wait. extra weight. Well, it does, it does right, cause so, the rest of us to confess envy. So, <laughs> if yeah, only we that could last segment, sound as cool as you. Let's move on. Yeah. The, that last segment was brought to you by Ritalin. So, uh, the. Uh, <laughs> The, the, that might be offensive. But anyway, so what we are going to now do is is continue in our series, Why Am I Silent? Uh, and again, there's no particular order to these reasons. They're just things that, uh, you know, as we were talking and discussing, these are things that came up. Uh, and the second one we're looking at uh, today in this podcast is simply the idea that I prefer other messages. Um, and, and so what does that mean? Well, basically, it's the idea that you know, the gospel is like one of many choices for Christians to speak on. Uh, and, and, and instead of speaking on the gospel, they choose different messages. Uh, you know, with, depending on how you look at it, I would say safer messages. And so they, they want to talk about things like life transformation or, or positivity or testimonies or social justice, these types of things. And they, they see, uh, you know, the message of the cross is just one of many options for an artist to talk about. Uh, and, and what ends up happening, at least from what I've seen, is that the, cost, the, the gospel and the cross is never talked about and that always other messages are preferred. Uh, David, maybe you could kind of lead out. You know, there's a chapter in your book, Revolutionary, that, that kind of talks about this. You use an illustration. Maybe you can kind of introduce this concept in general. Well, I, I can remember one time I was, uh, I was actually in Australia and there's a band playing there and they wanted me to... to come hear them play and give them feedback. And so I was there and they're playing in this, uh, it was like a high school, something like that. And afterwards, when they were finished, the singer said, you know, I used to be an alcoholic and I was suicidal, but then uh, then I, I, I found Jesus and I'm no longer uh, suicidal and he helped me with to stop being an alcoholic. And basically that was their message. And I was listening and I was thinking, yeah, that's a that's a great message, but that's not really that's not really the gospel. I mean, um, one of the things that Paul said in in First Corinthians two one through five is that he preached Christ and Him crucified, so that people would not be convinced by human wisdom, but by God's power. And I think when we leave out the cross, when we just talk about, I mean, because any Buddhist can say the same thing. You know, I when I started to meditate. Uh, I wasn't as suicidal and I, and I, and I wasn't drinking as much, you know, you can, or, you know, you can talk to people and they say, yeah, well, that's cool that Jesus works for you. And this, this is what works for me. And I think the power is in the cross and when we're not ashamed of the cross. And I think the reason that we're, we can not want to talk about the cross is because it's confrontational and there's a, there's a real uh, cost to it. And so that's been my experience. Yeah, I would. Mm, I would just yeah. say uh, my, the thought that that strikes me in hearing David say that is First Corinthians four twenty that the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power, and so yeah, un- yeah. until until we're having power encounters with Jesus, and until someone who does not yet know Him encounters Him in that way, it doesn't seem you know like uh, my experience from back in the day was that uh, it was very common, and I even felt a sense of like, man, this is cool that that at the end of a show, a band would say, "God bless you, have a great right, night." Right. And I and I remember thinking, man, that's awesome. You know, they just gave God glory and they just gave Him praise, and it's not the, that I'm saying that they. 
they were, you know, they, they were malicious in, in what they were doing or that that isn't, you know, maybe we should say more God bless you's, but that is, um, that was sort of the depth of the message. You know, that was the occasionally a band would, would maybe share a very short, um, story or testimony or or maybe would say the name of Jesus but but I think that it's so much of it it's like man it, if if what we're saying isn't backed by the spirit of power then it's it's fairly um useless in terms of someone's life actually being turned around you know right. and I and I think it is what you're saying Chad is right it's about being convinced in that there's power in this message and uh Remember, Luke, when we were in Brazil and we were, uh, there was this kind of, um, uh, what were they, new metal band playing? Remember that show, uh-huh. yep. Luke? And yep. uh, they, yeah, the, these guys came and they beat up somebody because they didn't like the band that was playing before. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I'm being told this just before the concert and and, uh, and then I'm supposed to speak to this <laughs> kind of aggressive audience. And so it would have been very easy for me at that point to not give a clear message about the cross, you know, and, and, uh, in fact, it would, it was very, uh, like I said, I had to really believe that there is power in this message. And, and so I, I was thinking, how am I going to do this? You know? And, and so, uh, yeah. well, you know, like I do often as I had people carry me in, in this coffin and then I jumped out of a coffin, which, which, uh, <laughs> I thought would get you have a penchant for doing. Yeah. So anyway, I had to carry. Yeah. They're carrying me in in this coffin. And, uh, and I was really kind of nervous because it, because I was told about how this guy got beat up. And so my knees were literally shaking. You know, Paul said that he came and his, his, he was trembling and he, his voice was trembling. Well, mine in his, you know, I was literally shaking and because I was afraid of what would happen. And I, I, so I jump out of the coffin after this band played. I start telling them about how they're not an accident, how Jesus came to the earth to set us free, how because of him we can have a relationship, how Jesus is not just a prophet or teacher, that, that he really came from God. And because of that, he broke the power of death and he can break the, the, the power yeah. of death over my life. Very clear message. And not only did um, people respond, but like three of the guys who were there to beat me up, who, or who were, not beat me up, but who had beat up the guys that were playing before or something, three of them came forward, a policeman came forward, and the mm-hmm. the singer of the band said, I really like this message. And so I think yeah. there's this lie inside of our head, and I think we can all identify with this, that tells us don't preach, just say God bless you, or just give your testimony. But when we're when we are ashamed of the of the true message of the cross, man, we just don't see the kind of miracles that we read about in the Book of Acts, and that's when they happen. Yeah, and I think that also nowadays we're in a context that seems to be challenging, and and there's so many other ideas around us. And like right. Ben, you were, when you're introducing the topic there, just how many messages there are around us that seem to tempt us to want to talk about something else instead of the gospel. And I think for me, the challenge in it is often we, maybe in the past it was a bit easier when things seem to be more black and white, where you had the negative message and you had the positive message. And being a Christian band was like, hey, we want to talk about what's good and what, you know, and about life and freedom and truth. And other bands, uh, often at least in the rock scene, were really like anti-Christian or negative or talking about hatred or suicide or whatever. But today we live in this situation where everybody is talking about positive messages. 
And it's in fashion for you to talk about like some cool thing that you're going to do to change the world or about how your band has a positive message that will bring you know positive vibes vibes to people so we're in this context where everybody wants to talk about good stuff and then you feel like if you bring in the gospel is mm. you being the, you bring the downer are you talking negatively or, or, or are you judging people and there's this pressure around us to just just be cool just talk about you know nice things and loving one another that what right. everybody does and that to me is the challenge i mean i remember playing with bands in brazil often that had had that vibe and i found that often uh the, the the biggest challenge like i played we played with a band once that they really spoke a lot from the stage and their message was was um you know they were they really kind of went for it and and spoke you know strongly about it and lots of people were into what they were saying and their message was very often positive it was about you know care for one another have faith in something have faith in yourself do well and they'd even say things like, don't be, don't, you know, we're not under any flag of politics or religion. We just want, we just want you to believe in something, you know, and, and keep trying and, and you'll do well. And that's the kind of positive vibe of, of well, humanism, secular humanism. Right. That's like, we, we are able, we can do something right. with our lives. And that, in some ways, is a more challenging message and context to come up against because we're saying, well, you know, you can keep trying at that and, and you'll never get anywhere. We, we, there is a judgment in, in, in the gospel. There is a, a thing of saying, well, we haven't managed on our own. We need something more than ourselves. We have to believe in something more than just ourselves. And the core of the, of the gospel is taking the focus away from ourselves and it's putting the focus on Jesus. And that right. is a very challenging message in the context we're in today, I think. Yeah. And I, I would think that Part of it is that it's, you know, there is a spirit of, of every age. There is a culture that we feel the pressure to conform to. Like, if you look at secular culture, you know, I would say, especially secular young people, there is an attraction to causes. There's an attraction to, yeah. you know, they want, they're passionate. I would say it's very superficial and it's typically, you know, I posted a video on Facebook. Look how much, how radical I am. But it yeah. tends to be like there's this this desire to want to better things, to to be a part of a cause. Um and yet that that is met heavily with this idea that no one way is right. You know, it's all relativist, you know, this this relativism yeah. and and uh, there's this this hatred of of exclusive claims. And so you have this this weird um mixture uh in secular culture where it's it's cause focused, um, but as long as that cause doesn't make any absolute claims, as long as that cause doesn't point to one clear way, and so you have this really kind of wish washy, incoherent thing um that yeah. often contradicts itself it you know, is it's, it's a fa- it's like a fake positive message yeah. because it's saying hey you know we can do good but never really getting there you know it's like there's no flaw to it there's no it's not uh, there's no nothing to back it up well that's no exactly challenge. and that doesn't that's the point that's what makes it makes it so incoherent is that yeah. you can't you the, even the concept of better or improvement means that you have a scale that you're you're comparing it to. It's like, right. you know, it's like if you compare life to bowling, if there was no score, zero to 300, how can you say, I want to get better at bowling? You know what I mean? It would make right. no sense. It's like, yeah. well, I want to get better. Just don't tell me that there's a defined score involved in the same way yeah. that, that humanistic uh, – Philanthropic, you know, philanthropic, philanthropic. Philanthropic. Yeah, that's that is actually pretty pretty accurate. 
Philanthropic. Yeah. <laughs> Philanthropic endeavors from a secular perspective make no yeah. sense because you, if there's no standard, there's no improvement. If there's no standards, there's really nothing to change. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. so you see that in secular culture, right? And that makes sense. But what I think has happened for Christian artists is we feel that pressure. Right. We're in this culture and we feel this pressure of we want to be, you know, we're Christians. So naturally we want to be part of the causes. We should be leading the causes. And we often are. And yet we 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 add all this mixture of but I don't want to impose on other people's truths. I don't want to impose on other people's morals or beliefs. And so we've reduced it to it's gone to its natural place, which is anything but the cross. You know, it's yeah. funny you say that, Ben, because if we play at at. Uh you know, normal festivals, secular festivals, which we, if we do play at a festival, that would be the normal thing for us. But remember we played at that, uh, it was a, it was a Christian festival in New Zealand and, uh, the organizer was all offended because we said that we talked about truth. We talked about how the, how New Zealand needs, needs to be, you know, about the suicide and about the, the, yeah, yeah. And then, and how, how Jesus was the answer. We were doing an interview. Ben and I were doing an interview on it, just a uh, secular radio station there. And the organizer of the Christian festival said, man, do you have to be so judgmental? Do you have to be so hardcore? So negative. Yeah. So negative. Yeah. And it's, I think the reason that people in the Christian world think that social justice is enough without the gospel is because they don't believe it. They don't believe in judgment day. I mean, if there's no judgment mm-hmm. day, then social justice is enough. You know, it's a, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, for me, that's anyway, you're inter- interrupting me, Luke, yeah. and I hate that about <laughs> <Sorry>. you. <laughs> you know what wow. I'm saying? Wow. It's because I thought I had something better to say than what you were saying. <laughs> I don't, but I'm, <laughs> I might be wrong. Nice. <laughs> Luke, go. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking of this passage because I think often the temptation is that the other messages around us are focused on ourselves or they're through our own strength. We bring change to the world through our own strength. And I feel like there is some parallels in the Bible we can look at. Like Paul often would face these challenges in, and he'd write about many epistles. And there's one in Colossians 2 where he says, um, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. And I think that the religion of the time, the traditions of the time, were tempting to people. So forget the cross. Let's let's do this tradition. Let's follow this religion. It, that, that's something I know how to do. And today, the religion is this humanism, this way of seeing um, the world around us. And so we're tempted to follow what other people are saying, and we're tempted to do something that seems like we're able to solve or change the world through our own efforts. I think that it, you know, doing what we're talking about here in terms of preaching the, the message of truth of the gospel is going against that. It's saying, I need to point to Jesus. I mean, I identify with that need that people have of wanting to change the world or talking about, hey, look at me, I can do this and change the world. And so I'm, I, I see that as common ground in a way. Like, I also want to change the world. But when I spend time with God and I pray, I realize that There's nothing I can do that really will change the world. And every message that talks about causes or things that I can do, at the end of the day, they are hollow. They they, they don't have enough to them. And when I remember that, I say the best way I can change the world is by showing people who Jesus is and by people finding power um, and and resurrection in Jesus and and the strength. But it's not just the best way. I don't think it's just the best way. I think it's it's Mm -hmm. the way. I think that... uh, Again, yeah. it goes against the relativism of our culture to say this is yeah. the way, but I think that that's yeah. that it that's what it, that's the truth. That's 
Jesus said, mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I don't think this is a better option. I think this this is the option. But when you when I yeah. say something like that, I mean, it's very offensive to the spirit of the world today. And I think that's why I want to do everything but talk about the cross, which really is quite, when I leave out the cross, I leave out the whole thing, the whole point, the the thing that's that where God's power actually comes. And I think about when I read in the book of Acts, if Peter would have just looked after the orphans and widows, you know, because he felt like we need to look after the orphans and widows, which is right. Any any believer is going to care about social justice. He's going to care about people who are being destroyed by oppressive uh, uh, governments or, you know, that kind of thing. We need to be care about people. But the reason that Peter was crucified upside down, according to, to church tradition, is because he he also preached Jesus and him crucified. And if we as right. Christian artists are going to, in a bold way, in a relevant way, in, in a loving way, speak the truth in our own ways, we might be crucified. You know, maybe not literally on a cross, but we might, we're going to suffer kinds of persecution when in a, as artists. And I think right. that I, th- this is something we need to embrace. That's what I think. Well, and also, I, I also think that we're just selling people so short. You know, it's like when we reduce God to this just, you know, behavioral program, you know, like to change you, it's like another thing. You know, we, what people need to see is, and I think what people are attracted to is something real, you know, not another infomercial of how to improve myself. I think if we're honest, we're, we're aware of the fact that our, our efforts to improve ourselves are falling short. And what's so weird is, you know, Christians, you know, evangelical Christians, especially would you know, we often talk about how it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And then we turn around and we turn the gospel into just a religion. Yeah, of exactly. Just a way to improve ourselves and a way to improve the world. And it, it's like, you know, it's Second Timothy 3.5. It says, it, you know, Paul talks about the idea of having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And th- we're presenting this unattractive, dull form of Christianity. You know, Matt Chandler, one of my favorite preachers, says how, you know, the the the... The version of Christianity that talks about just improving your life, how unsexy is that? Like, how unattractive is that? Like, that's what we're selling to the world? Follow this God and and he'll help you have a better life. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's just yeah. selling it short. I agree. And I think that th- that we need to get back to the radicalness of a, being a follower of Jesus and bring that into our art. And I think that's what people are – that's what people want. There's so many – I mean, there's so many millions of bands up there giving just these kind of milk toast messages and sing, singing about uh, climate change and all of that. And yeah, we, let's try to do things to improve the environment. I'm not making any comment about how we shouldn't care about the ecology and all that kind of stuff. But the thing we have is such a revolutionary message. And it's not just a revolutionary message, but it has God's power in it. You know, when it's it's true that when, as an artist, if I am not ashamed of the message of the cross, God's power will come in my shows. And I think that's what we're not only robbing people of this message they need to hear, but we're robbing ourselves as well. And what, to mm-hmm. me, what stands out is that for and from Christians, the most powerful and impressive gift that we have for the world is hope. And if you remove the cross, 
then even though you can present a positive kind of message, like all of the, the posi-core, hardcore bands of the 90s and early 2000s, yeah, yeah. where we're all cheering for the same thing, you know, yay, we're all on board, we can all do this, and it's all, it feels naturally good, but when, when you are on the verge of ending your life or when, you're, when your spouse has left you, when, when you're doped up and have nowhere to turn, when, when alcohol has consumed you, when whatever it is in life, it's no matter how much someone is screaming, pull yourself up. It, the, the gospel is, no, actually just lay there. You're worthless. You don't have what it takes. And that's actually encouraged. But the hope yeah. of the gospel mm-hmm. is that Jesus will lift you up and that he'll do the heavy lifting and he'll do the pulling. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, um, the whole idea of the, the, you know, a crown of hope or the hope of glory is inside of you. And from that point forward, you're walking with the ability not only to hope for yourself, but to, to distribute that and to, and pass it around right. to everyone else. Absolutely. Right. And, and it's never, you know, this is not a unique problem. You know, no. I remember reading uh, Corinthians recently where Paul talks about the foolishness of, of the, of Christ crucified and how that culture did not expect, did not want what Jesus brought. You know, the Jews were, were looking for a conquering king and, and, and the Greeks, it was all about, you know, like it says, it's about wisdom. And here comes Jesus uh, to them in a way that they just didn't expect it. They didn't want it. It wasn't what they were hoping for. So so it's no different. Yeah. Yeah, you know, our it, culture it, today is still looking for a way to get away from what God chose to use to change the world. And yeah. that is a suffering servant, someone that did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. We have no control but to surrender to him. The world didn't want it then. The world doesn't want it now. And it's always a battle. And to the Greeks, it was foolish. And I think this is the biggest barrier that keep, yeah. wants me to yeah. keep my mouth shut is it's foolish. I yeah. mean, it's so, I've been in so many clubs or festivals or, you know, in environments where I, it was you just think, man, this is so lame. This message about Jesus dying and coming. I mean, this is going to come off so, so foolish. And it's about embracing that, you know, and saying, okay, it's, this message is going to sound really foolish to them. Uh, even if I'm honest, it can sound that way to me now, you know, the voices in my head, but I, but I'm not going to listen to it. I'm right. Chad. I mean, you can, you can talk about this. I know. Go ahead. No, Talk no. I mean, it. yeah, I'm just I'm just like <laughs> nodding with you in agreement and yeah. trying not to say yes over and over and over again for the sake of the podcast. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I mean, I think any Christian who is serious about wanting to see God's kingdom advanced, who doesn't also wrestle with the voices in our heads that, that are typically spirit of fear, spirit of anxiety, spirit of rejection, you know, spirit of, yeah. of don't, don't, um, don't upset the status quo. It, it, whatever it is, it, it's what Ben or whoever started with it, it is the spirit of the age. And that even to us, how many times does it seem like, man, this, I shouldn't say any, like, ah, uh, I'm not going to say anything. I shouldn't say anything. I'm just like overthinking it. Someone else will say something. I don't, I'm not going to have the right words. This isn't the, I don't feel right. This isn't the right situation. I've got a cold. Right. My, my wife's here, you know, like I, there have been so <laughs> many times where I haven't shared what I should have because it wasn't right. And, and yet every time God, God empowers us, 
to do what is right. It's like we've talked, Dave, I know we've talked about this before in the podcast, but after you've obeyed, you're like, yep. you're like on a mountain. You're like, oh, I can do exactly. this, man, I'm flying. I can do this all the time. Why don't I do this yeah, every day? Exactly. And then, I, I mean, and I, there's been very few venues that I've, with the band that I've performed in where when, in, when, you know, and we, in our show, we do it in a, in a relevant way. We do it in a way that secular people can understand it, but we are very clear in our message about the cross. But I can probably count on one hand the, the amount of places that have not wanted us back afterwards. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not, it's not even, because the other thing in your head is, well, this will close doors and we won't have other opportunities. And yes, there's been some doors that have closed because of our bold uh, proclamation, but very few. In fact, most of the time, the club owners or the festival, unless it's a Christian festival, they're the ones that don't want us back. But at normal festivals, they're like, they want us back. You know, they, mm. they're they hungry to, for this kind of radical message. Mm. And yeah, and that this, this also, just to add a different side to this, I, I think, because, you know, the, the heart of this reason why we're silent is that we choose to speak on other things but the gospel. And and sometimes I feel like this can be motivated out of a reaction to the idea that there's been evangelism that has been just, you know, fire and brimstone. I don't care about, you know, it's like I don't care about your the conditions you're in or the, the issues of the world around you. I don't, you know, and I'm just going to preach this message, message at you. And it's kind of, you know, coming in, preaching this message, leaving. And it's it's almost like, well... It's a reaction to that idea, like, well, I care about the full, the full person. And again, I, I think it comes back to that core understanding of of how you believe change really happens. And I do, you know. So if yeah, sorry, Ben, go ahead. Well, no, I agree no, with no. you. I think it is important that we communicate in a good way. I mean, I've been around with that too, where people are the communication is so so bad or or so judgmental. It, it's yeah. It makes you not want to respond to the message, but right, and that's that's a that's a whole separate idea of really loving people and being uh, communicating relevantly. I guess what I'm trying to with this particular point in mind, I guess the idea I'm trying to get across is that it it comes down to what how do you believe change really happens? So if you're right. if you care about poverty, if you care about um, you know the the family or, or racism or whatever, you know, social injustice of any kind, if you care about that, it, it, it comes down to how do you think change really happens? And I think at the core of the person who says, well, you preach the gospel, but I take care of people's, you know, I speak about things like physical needs or racism. I think at the core of that is a misunderstanding that the gospel changes everything, that the gospel impacts everything. You want equality between people? How about you preach a gospel that says that God died for everyone, that everyone is of infinite worth, that 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 God saw no distinctions, that he broke all so, sorts of social rules and and was, you know, he he totally broke through the cultural and racial divide. You know, you, you care about poverty, preach a message about Jesus who who not only fed people, you know, fed the 5000 but also said I will give you water that in such a way that you'll never thirst that he cares both about the physical needs and the spiritual needs 
And I think that when people don't choose to preach, it's because they don't really think that the solution lies in the preaching. You know, it's interesting. Also, Ben, there you're you're, you're pointing out to a good way to think about how to react to the other messages around us. Because I think this could be a good practical point for bands and artists out there. It's like, okay, I, I know the message of the cross is a truth. It's the way to bring change. What do I do about the fact that I'm inserted in a, in a scene where there's all these different messages being preached. And I think that that's a really cool way to go about it. It's realizing that, okay, there is common ground here, but the way that we get to this end or this purpose is different. You know, the, the other messages are saying, do this cause or do that cause and we'll change the world. And we're saying, no, you can't change the world unless you meet Jesus. Right. And so it's making those connections. I think that can be a way also to not come across like, I'm just focused on my mission to preach the message and I'm not listening to anybody, but to rather pay attention to what others are talking about and what what is what are the bands and artists discussing and to, yeah, get involved in that discussion, but to then bring the truth of the message and say, hey, um, I, I agree with you. I want to see change too, but I, I've come to find that the only way to really bring change is through knowing Jesus. And Jesus cares about these things that you guys care about. Um, and he can really change it. This is this is what he has done, and this is how he mm. can change that today. It's yeah. making those connections. I mean, I the way I look at it is if you're on the Titanic and you're in the first class and, you know, there's people sleeping in third class that don't have food or there's someone that gets injured on the boat, you should give them food. You should help them if they're injured. But if you don't tell them there's lifeboats, if you don't tell them the ship is going down and that there's a way to, to be to getting these lifeboats, what kind of love is that? Yeah. And so yeah. again, I think the reason we cannot talk about the cross, and yes, I think you're right, Luke, we need to find common ground, but we need to also explain to them that the ship is going down and there's a lifeboat and we can be safe from the from the ship going down. I think that's the point. For me, the the yeah. what what has really been hitting me lately is is continuing to come before Jesus with all of my, bringing him all my fears, all my worries, all of my distractions. And I've just been praying this prayer, like, Jesus, please keep melting me. Because if right. that happens, if he continues the the work that he says he won't he won't uh, stop doing the, until it's brought to full completion, then... I ought to, the older I get, look more and more and more like Jesus, and um, I ought to be less and less and less concerned by whatever's happening in the world around me or any of the things that, that the world might be paying so much attention to, and my life is becoming one uh, all the more with Christ. So I just, I don't know, I just, right. you know, Jesus melt us and um, give us, like, mm. like, like that chapter in Revolutionary, just break our hearts for the lost and the sick and the hurting, because until we're broken, I don't really know how we can do the kind of preaching and the kind of sharing and the kind of loving that that any of us are called to. Well, right. it's kind of yeah. like I can't talk about this if I don't have a revelation of it for myself. Right. I have to. I need to understand how desperately I need the cross, how much I need what Jesus did, and then I won't have this this arrogant, judgmental view on other people. Yeah, and again, it comes back to the first principle, which is that this starts with the fact that you really believe it, not only for the world but for yourself. Um, that that Jesus is really the only way, and then and then you, by the help of His Spirit, try to live like Him. And you know, we split Jesus up into like 
different kinds of, you know, we focus on different aspects. We need to be like all of who he was. And he was clear and he was direct and he was straight, but he was also loving and relevant and merciful. And and, and there isn't a single part of that that we don't need God's help to be mm. like. What were you going to say, Chad? Oh, yeah. What was I going to say? No, dude, you, I think you beat me to it. Um, I was just going to say on, on what David was sharing, I think sometimes that that instead of desiring our own personal revelation, we are trying to suck life off of someone else's revelation. So it's like, oh, well, David and Luke feel really good about this, but you know, Ben and I, we're not so sure. But, but it's cool that they feel that way and that they're so... I, I think that the, it's almost easy... To, to begin thinking, well, it's not yeah. my gift. It's not my thing. It's not my, you know, it's not the area where I really ought to go after the Lord. And, and yet to, to love our neighbors as ourselves is a command that was given to everyone, not just to evangelists or to apostles or prophets or shepherds or teachers. Um, so I don't know. I guess I just am saying, you know, Lord, give us, give each of us our own revelation. Uh, of broken hearts for the lost and uh, and for the world that needs yeah. you, and just just kind of taking what you said and, and as using that as a way to wrap this one up. It's like, man, if I if I just reduce it to that basic command that you know I need to treat others as I would want to be treated. Yeah. If 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 I you know if there was someone out there that had what I believe I have right, which is not just a program for behavioral change. It's not just a a way to earn favor or to be comforted or, you know, some sort of illusory thing about, you know, dealing with with the struggles of life. But if I if I believed I had the truth and I had I had a savior, I had someone that did for me what I could not do for myself. I had someone who, you know, would I not want to hear that? You know, would I not want to hear that? Would I not want that person to take the risk to look like a fool, to counter the the tide of the of the culture around him or her, uh, and, and to take that risk? Mm. Uh, and I, you know, there's there's famous atheists that that basically say something to that effect, like, "Man, if this is true, you better tell me." <laughs> basically, yeah. because it's yeah. it, it it it's that significant. If you don't, what does that say about your heart, really? And that's the irony. And and and. In the name of being relevant or or I guess loving, we've bought into the relativism of our culture and we've stayed silent. And, and even though everyone else in our culture says exactly what they want, they say exactly, exactly. what they want. The, the hypocrisy yep. of it all is that there's no real tolerance in the movement of tolerance. There's no real open-mindedness in the movement of open-mindedness. It's It's just a different religion. That that has every bit as much faith and and uh, things you do and things you don't do and 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 we have allowed this pressure of the secular culture to to just close our mouths uh, and, and not be willing to look foolish in giving people the most important thing that they could possibly get. So that is that is my heart. Is man, life is short. Don't waste it. Don't get to the end of your life and say, "Well, I didn't do much, but I looked kind of cool." You know what I mean? Who wants that? You uh, might not, and you probably didn't look cool either. Well, right. That's the other thing. It's like, <laughs> you know, I think one of the greatest re- regrets people have, they say, is not taking enough risks. And 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 I think in the end of the day, we're. I know I will. I will get to the end of my life and wish I'd taken more risks, uh, even yeah. though I feel like I I try my best to take some as it is. So, mm. um, that is our heart in this in, in this second principle here is. Yes, we need to care about people. Yes, there are when you you know following Jesus, it, it it encompasses the entire 
world. It, it, it's it's all of these issues. It's all of these different facets of the human experience, but it's rooted and grounded in what Jesus did on the cross. And if there's not that, there's no hope. There's no hope. So I would that is that is what we we yeah I want to leave you with in the in this principle. I would just encourage listeners to to actually spend a little time studying Luke sixteen verses 19 through 31, which is the rich man and Lazarus parable, uh, because I think that it is very applicable to what we're talking about and and of just developing a heart for the lost and uh, and beginning to see the need that's there and uh, why we're called to do the opposite um, from staying silent and and being quiet about what is Mm. is so unbelievable uh, that we carry in us. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, I feel like we thoroughly covered principle two, and uh, I, I'm obviously you can tell we're very passionate about this. Um, but I just believe it's because we live in desperate times, and we need more Christian artists who will choose to preach the gospel despite its foolishness, despite the challenge that that it brings. Uh, and, and we are all living examples of doing it imperfectly, but but having done it, we've seen God move, and there is no greater reward than than lives changed by the power of God, and that comes when you're willing to preach the gospel. Uh, and so that is what we leave you with. And uh, if you have questions, comments, um, you please go on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those things, come and live. You can find us. Otherwise, come and live at, uh, sorry, provoke and inspire at comeandlive.com. Uh, otherwise, uh, we hope this has been encouraging. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.